0: Hello friends! You're listening to The Lincolnite Podcast with me, Ronnie Byrne. If you're listening on a podcast provider, please hit subscribe and leave us a dazzling review. But if you're listening on the Lincolnite website, you can find the links to your preferred podcast provider at the bottom of this page. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking to Mr. Mitch Spencer of The Reels. Now, The Reels are a band from Lincoln, and they're on to big things. Really big things. Lockdown allowed them to reach their audience in a whole new way via TikTok. And there, they have accumulated millions of likes. They are now selling out shows across the country. They're playing a whole host of festivals this year alongside some pretty massive names. It's it's a good time to be a Reel right now. Put it that way. Mitch was a total diamond. What a great conversation we had. Friends, Mitch Spencer. Magic. Let's go. So I'm joined by Mr. Mitch Spencer of The Rails. Mitch, how are you doing, brother?
1: Hello, I'm doing good. Thanks, mate. How are you?
0: I'm very well. Thank you, brother. Thank you for asking. Yeah. Mitch, new EP, Do It Differently, came out May 6th. Listen to it. Loved it. You're playing shows all over the country as we speak. Speaking of, headline show, Lincoln, your hometown, this November. Tickets on sale now. Mitch, you've
1: got to be buzzing. I am absolutely buzzing, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's. I mean, it's the biggest show that we've ever done, like, let alone shows in Lincoln. Um, yeah, we are extremely excited for it. It's going to be amazing. So, yeah, absolutely buzzing. It's going to be great. I say you can get your tickets now. Let's
0: wind the clocks back a little bit. Everybody loves an origin story. I know how Marvel works. So tell me how important <laughs> lockdown was to the reels.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, it was... um I mean it was vital really like it, it it was really bizarre because it was such a terrible time, really I mean for everybody like it was it was awful, but um on the other hand, it kind of like gave us this um opportunity, this kind of like access to an audience that was all, all like always there, but mm. we didn't know how to get to them, if you know what I mean and really, like when I actually think about that time, it very easily could have been the end, you know like. Mm. Which, which really would have been the start for most people looking at us. Like, it looks like you know we kind of came out of nowhere, but we'd been doing this for three years before then. Me and Callum, who plays bass in the band, we'd been doing it for you know I think six years even before then, like together. Mm. So it had it had been a long time and a lot of you know different struggles and a lot of failures. Um, But then to get that opportunity with TikTok, where we sort of grew this audience just by sort of being ourselves and kind of being a bit funny, and people really resonated with that. Um, it just meant that when, you know, the the um, lockdowns kind of ended and we could go out and tour, all of a sudden we went from playing to three people to selling out, you know, 110 caps, mm. and it was 115, you know, 200 caps. And we were like, oh my God, what the hell is happening? <laughs>
0: <laughs> just all based on just a combination of good music and just being yourselves, just being funny.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think mm. I think really it was just because we were willing to put ourselves out there and try and be, you know, quite honest, I guess. Um, Yeah, and obviously the music is the important thing, really. Like there there was actually, I must say, there was definitely a time where towards the end of lockdown, um, we kind of had a bit of label interest and they were like, so, you know, what music have you got coming up? And I was like, oh my God, we've not even (laughs) seen each other. Let alone, you know, I hadn't put any demos together. I mean, I must have sent them the worst demo mm. in history, like absolutely awful. And um, and I, and then I said to the lads, "God, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to get together. You know, we're gonna have to do something." And I kind of like locked myself in a room for a month and just wrote, wrote, wrote. And um, then that kind of gave birth to the "Do It Differently" EP that we've, we're releasing now. That's fair enough. And with the lockdown, like people went three ways
0: of lockdown. They either did not a great deal. They started mm-hmm. a TikTok or they started an OnlyFans. You went for the second one.
1: Did you, <laughs> <Yeah>. did, <Well. laughs>
0: you did you? ever anticipate blowing up on TikTok the way that you did? Because you were talking millions of likes.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> not, not at all. <laughs> I mean, it was really the original idea was um, uh, our managers who it's literally, he's just my friend from uni. Like, mm. Um, who, who I met and I knew had like a, a really good sense for like good music. He introduced me to loads of my favorite bands, um, when we were living in London. And, um, yeah, he just kind of like when the lockdown happened, he was like, guys, you've got to get on it. You know, this is just something that you can, you can use to try and get out to more people. He'd seen a few people kind of like, you know, blowing up a bit on it. And we were like, yeah, all right, fair enough. Actually, to be fair, at first we were all a bit like, hmm, really, <laughs> you know, like, is, is this, uh, is this what, you know, uh. Is this how bands kind of should uh, portray themselves? But we went for it anyway, and uh, we went for it head first, And yeah, we ended up like blowing up. But absolutely, we definitely didn't think that this would ever happen in the way it, it has yeah. happened.
0: Shout out manager Lewis, by the way. Great guy.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Winding the clocks back even further, am I right in thinking that you had a horrific skateboarding accident that eventually mm. led to you getting into music and all of this happening?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, weirdly, I think from a very early age, when I was, I was 13, um, I uh, basically, I was just, I used, to, I used to just skate with some of my, my friends after school. Like, we weren't good at all. We very rarely went to the skate park, we would just skate around. And um, I ended up like falling off because we were doing a like a very, very, it's not very steep, but like a very, you know, short sort of hillbomb kind of-esque thing. And um, I fell off and I kind of went over the front of it. And I can't really remember anything from that situation. Everything that has been sort of, um, I've got of that, it's been this patchwork of what other people say. Um, but I, I ended up in Sheffield Children's Hospital. And um, wow. being on, on that ward was like very, like, harrowing i I guess it was like Mm. an an enormous like sort of reality check and um thankfully like i'm fine i you know i've got over it and everything's everything's all right i've never had any like severe repercussions from it but one thing i have had from that is um it it gave me this sense that like you really do only have one shot at life and i know that's like super cheesy or whatever but like to go through that kind of like situation like at a very young age it just made me think like, why not try and be a musician? Like, why not go yeah. for something that, you know, I really care about, even if it means years of torture and failure and <laughs> and not making any money, you know, and it's like, you know, it is it is a struggle. But, um, yeah, that's why I do it. So, really, I, I definitely can sort of trace all of this back to, to falling off a skateboard in in what, I don't know, when I was 13. That's <laughs> so, so wild. Well,
0: that's so wild, well, which eventually led to... The Reels, which eventually led yeah. to new EP, Do It Differently, came out on May 6th. How has the response been so far?
1: Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Actually, we've had some amazing reviews, really, mm. like some really great words written about it. And actually, funnily enough, um... As, as you progress, like we actually recorded it a year ago and obviously I, I'd written the majority of it in like February last year or something. And that's quite a long time in terms of like being a band or songwriting, you know, we've we've played Rennon and Leeds since then, we've played our first gigs abroad, we've done loads of like bucket list things, our, our own like headline tour, and all in the meantime, like I've been writing and, and for some reason, you kind of like look back and you kind of go, hmm, maybe that that EP wasn't quite as like um, well thought out or like well connected as, as you might think It is at the time. Mm. But then when you get this foray of like um, really positive commentary uh, coming from all over, you're kind of like, oh, actually, you know, yeah, it's pretty good to be fair. (laughs) So, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I I, I love it.
0: Yeah. So uh, tell me more about it. So uh, especially about the influences behind it. So one of my all time favourite bands, Libertines, Pete Darty, Carl Barrett, iconic duo, even the stuff they did individually, you're talking Dirty Pretty Things, you're talking Baby Shambles. I kind of get a similar feel from it not necessarily the same sound, but a similar feel. I, I don't quite know how to put that into words. There's just something, I don't know if it throws me back to feeling like 1920, and it's like, this is the best music ever, that sort of thing. Yeah. I kind of get that feel from it. Where, where were you drawing influences from?
1: Well, the Libertines um, are actually one of the, like, key influences of the oh, rules together. It. You nailed know, it. It, <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, um, it's how we met Mason, really. At, at Cal, he was at Cal's uni, um, mm. Cal went to, like, a music uni. And uh we were looking for a drummer, and Mason just came over, and he was like, "Hey, you guys need a drummer. I'm your drummer and he was he was amazing um, <laughs> but but the thing is like the way we really connected was because at the time, I was absolutely obsessed with the libertines like i'd I'd read um uh, I can't remember the, the guy sorry, he follows them everywhere. he was a photographer book. Yeah, he he Mm. wrote an autobiography about them. and I must have read it three times over. We were living in Sheffield, me and Cal at the time, because we kind of wanted to break into another scene because it wasn't really a a Lincoln music scene at the time. Mm. Um, And we were struggling because we were working different jobs. There was another chap in the band as well. He was working at a totally different time to us. It was an absolute mess. We were kind of like, how can we make this work? Eventually moved to London and, and kind of became students. But the reason why we moved to London was because I was reading so much about the libertines <laughs> all happening in London, and I was like, "We've got to go! We've got to go!" And the weird—I've got a really weird story actually about that. I'm going well off on a Hit tangent. Me. Hit me, in that do it. Book, they talk about a pub called Dirty McNasty's, which yes. is where they all used to meet up, and, and Pete and Cole used to work behind the bar and stuff. And um, it, you know, it, that was kind of like the hub for the libertines before they made it. Q, you know, two, three years after I've moved to London and I'm in, I'm at uni, I started going to a place called the Boogaloo Pub. It was a radio at the back and I made loads of friends there and that became my own like little hub of, of people that I sort of knew. And I was friends with everybody on the radio show and I was always popping up on it and stuff and, um, and doing DJ sets in there and stuff like that. And I noticed one of the days that there was a little back bit where, um, where the radio is and kind of like in the smoking area and everything. And it was called uh, Filthy McNasty's Club. It was just this tiny little section. And I was like, what's that all about? And they were like, uh, oh, well, it used to be called Filthy McNasty's here. So it was the nice. same bus. Bo- it was a pub and i couldn't believe it i was like oh my god i know what this place is um and gave i gave off and, an aura
0: gave off an aura yeah, bro. And,
1: and, and i didn't put two and two together because all the times i was there people were like oh yeah pete and carl had stayed upstairs and um what's his name from the pokes uh shane mcgowan he used to live in i was like what this is insane this crazy little pub uh yeah and it turned out to be the same place but um yeah i can't i can't remember at all where i was going but we uh oh it was the libertines, yeah, so <laughs> uh, yeah. so when when we met Mason uh, mm. at Cal's uni, he also was a massive fan of the libertines, and you know there were a few different sort of people who we considered having in at the band at the time, but really it was all about that for me. he was like he was like Gary Powell, you know he, he had that yeah. incredible like powerful style, and he was like maybe slightly like had elements of jazz in there, but also like just sheer like force and I, I was just drawn to that and I thought that's amazing but yeah like um the 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 kind of energy that or that some of the artists that we've drawn on for the ep itself the libertines always a lot of that early 2000s um kind of like indie rock is something that I dipped back into at that point because a lot of that was kind of why I initially started liking music like I used to play a lot of FIFA and a lot of those soundtracks were the early ones, anyway, were that kind of like Jerk alternative. it out, rock. the
0: Caesars, yeah. yeah, two thousand yeah. four or five. My yeah. God, yeah,
1: yeah, and, and, and that was the sort of stuff that I was um I was rediscovering at the time yeah. and kind of like absorb absorbing myself in. But also, I'm am a massive Pixies fan, and I love uh, like Nirvana as well. So uh, there's definitely like some American like mm. <clears throat> alternative rock swing in there. I feel like. Um, But yeah, those those are the sort of things we're drawing on. Also, there's a fantastic band called Sorry, um, who are very, very modern, you know, releasing, they're actually releasing their second album this year, um, who had released an album, I think, in 2020. And there was something very modern, very digital about it, but also very like old school music about it, or old school alternative rock. And that was another kind of energy that we were trying to draw in, like, very much yeah. conscious of the past, but trying to push it in, in a slightly new direction, you know, somewhere that essentially doing it differently, I guess, um, but
0: yeah. yeah and, it's, and it's great, you know, you have all these influences and you draw different bits from them all and you end up with an entirely new product. So EP is out, EP is loved, I love the EP, just for the record. I, I was re-listening to I listened to it on the day it came out. I re-listened to it this morning while I was getting ready for this. It's like, this This genuinely slaps. Do you have any more plans for any more releases before the year is out, or is the focus just touring for the rest of this year?
1: Um, well, we definitely... I, I can't say that we have, like, a specific date in mind, but I can tell you that we are definitely, definitely going to be recording this year, and we want to... Excuse me. We want to be releasing more this year if we can. Mm. Um, but yes, very, very tour intensive. Um, so we'll see how it goes. You know, it's, I mean, to be fair, it's, it's a bit of a, um, it's kind of like a bit catch 22 because we absolutely love touring and that's what it's all about. But then also, you know, there is this side where you've kind of like, you've got this other musical drive where you're like, you're constantly trying to, um, re-express yourself and get something out that, you know, that's fresh. And we have some like uh, you know, I would say some amazing tunes. I would say some of the best tunes that we've ever worked on in the work. So mm. um, yeah, hopefully we can get them out um, before the end of the year. That's it's definitely uh, something we're trying to work towards.
0: That's the goal. Speaking of touring, what have the show has been like so far? Because you guys have been nonstop.
1: Yeah. Um, fantastic. Really. Like actually there's been a few kind of like take my breath away moments. Uh, one of them is towards the end of the set um, in the Lincoln December show. Uh, we were playing Skin Eastwood, and um, it's got this breakdown kind of bit, mm. and it just felt like I just had this moment where I was like, "Oh my god, I've been dreaming about this for my whole life." It feels like, um, and yeah, that was just absolutely mind-boggling to see. You know, 350 people in our hometown screaming the words back at us. It was, it was just mental. And um, also I remember the first, one of the, like the first moments where we played, we played the show in Leeds and it was a headline show. And we'd been doing this thing on, on um, tour, supporting other bands and kind of like in, in Europe and stuff like that to kind of people who maybe didn't know us quite as well as our own fans, where we would kind of do this, like, um, just before we, we'd get on stage, we'd kind of like do this statues thing like that and yeah. hold them there. And then the music would just come in really, really hard. And, um, <laughs> And it was like really intense, but I felt like it um, really, especially for people who didn't know who we were, it was like, oh my God, these guys have just come on stage and they're just staring us out. And everyone's like, what <laughs> the hell is happening? And then, uh, yeah, and then we, we did it for the first show of our like own headline. We did it in Leeds. Room was absolutely full. We did it and people just burst into cheers because obviously it became like this thing. Mm. I just started laughing. I was like, oh my God, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Like, yeah, just was not expecting it at all. Um yeah, and then after that, the show show after show has just been, you know, like mind-boggling. Um, just last week, we played Scala in London, which is um, a huge venue. Uh, we were supporting Red Room Club, amazing lads, brilliant band. Mm. And we, when we were living in London, we would just go there all the time to watch all of our favourite bands, you know. And we'd go and use it as like a nightclub and stuff. And then we've just played it. Like it, the the bucket list is just getting like viciously <laughs> ticked.
0: <laughs> it must be surreal. It genuinely must be surreal. Yeah. Does it does yeah, it ever sink in? Do you think it'll ever sink in?
1: I don't know. I don't mm. know really. It's um sometimes it does. Sometimes you kind of think, "Oh yeah, you know, we're kind of like uh I guess we're this band that now." But then also, I think because we're so ambitious and mm. like we're all we're all in a very similar Um, we're on a very similar kind of like trajectory. We all know like where we want to be. And if you want to know that is like, we want to be the band that headlines festivals. You know, we want to be that massive band. So I think it doesn't sink in because we're constantly striving for something else. And it's kind of like when you're you're so like intent and moving forward on something, you kind of, yeah, sometimes it can be quite difficult to kind of go, oh my God, actually, hang on. All of this is, is, hopefully this should be the start of it all. Not like, This is wow. This is it. Um, so yeah, you know, kind of, I don't know, really. God damn, That was like a motivational speech. I love that (laughs) man
0: alive. I want to go out and run a marathon. That was amazing. Sticking sticking with touring you lads, you've played some serious shows. You played some serious stages. You are playing some serious shows and some serious stages later Mm -hmm. this year, aside from the Lincoln show in November, let's take that out Mm of the equation. Just for a moment, which show stage festival, whatever are you most Mm -hmm. looking forward to this year?
1: I personally am most looking forward to boardmasters because we're playing on like a brilliant stage really really good stage and it's a festival that I hold quite dearly into my heart because my my mum used to well loves Cornwall that's kind of like her sort of like happy place in the world if you know what I mean and mm. and every so often because it's quite I mean it's quite far away from Lincoln we, we'd very rarely go but we went you know when I was younger and uh, we went to boardmasters and that was one of my first experiences of the festival. Um, again, kind of reinforcing this, you know, I kind of want to be a musician, maybe, maybe that's my life sort of thing. And then even a few years later, me and my younger brother, we just went with like one of my friends and just had an amazing time. And and this was before we were really doing anything with the band. And, um, yeah, it just, it's just going to feel like a a, a lovely kind of like full circle moment, um, to kind of go back and actually be playing it. So yeah, really excited for that one.
0: Is your mom going to be at that show? She is. (laughs) Fantastic. absolutely love that absolutely yeah. love that but lincoln is still top of that list of favorite shows absolutely. coming up surely yeah
1: absolutely nice. man yeah no correct I, answer I, mitch yeah <laughs> i'm so excited for that one yeah
0: yeah it's going to be amazing that's going to be great if you're listening the Rills debut ep do it differently is available now tickets for the Rills hometown show at the drill are also available now mitch it has been a serious pleasure my friend i cannot wait to come and see you guys show in november
1: Thank you very much for having me, mate.
0: Cheers. Bye, guys. Thank you, brother. Mitch Spencer there, friends. Listen to The Rill's new EP, Do It Differently, which is available everywhere now, and get your tickets to the November show at Lincoln Drill by following the link on The Rill's Facebook page. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Lincoln Eye Podcast. Remember to share, review, and subscribe. I've been Ronnie Byrne, and we'll catch you next time.